All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, in these last days, we need to learn to praise God. And uh, i tell you what, it's been a real test to praise God in these last election. I'll tell you that. But I'm trying to trust God anyway. And we are commanded to pray for those in leadership. And so we need to pray. But um, <clears throat> let's ask God to help us um, in these last days to continue and praise God. I want to tell you something, friend. I don't know about you, but I love to come and worship the Lord. And uh, I think it's, if you've never been in an old-fashioned uh, testimony service like uh, we were privileged to be in Tuesday night, you have not lived. I mean, you really haven't lived because I'm telling you something. It's better than a pep rally. It's better than uh, um, slaughter in South Carolina in football. It's better than... Uh, it's better than Tennessee finally winning the game. It's better, amen? It's called praise, amen, for eternal things, not these mundane short-term things, amen? And uh, boy, it blessed my heart, encouraged my soul. I tried to get it all on the uh, uh, internet, but we couldn't because some people would not come down because they were so tore up and emotional. They didn't want to come in front of everybody, and that's fine. But uh, God really blessed this week. I had a special visit with Brother Henderson and, uh, that uh, that afternoon and then Tuesday night was the crescendo of the week and it was just be it was better than turkey and dressing it was better than all the kids being in the house it was just just better uh, worship is better uh, you're missing something if you're not worshiping God and if you're not continually praising God if it takes a service a testimony or music to get you to praise God then you're uh, you're uh, uh, walk is shallow. You need to praise God every day. And you need to continually offer the sacrifice of praise. That's the message title tonight, today, <clears throat> is continue with the sacrifice of praise. Uh, look at verse 14. We'll read through verse 17. Uh, next Sunday uh, morning, I'll preach a message entitled, In Closing. And uh, he closes in verses 18 through 25. Some of the greatest admonitions I've read in a long time. I'll get to preach that next week. Preach on Thanksgiving tonight. But look, let's look at verse 14. Let's stay in all the Word of God. <clears throat> we can still do that, can't we? Amen. And uh, I want to tell you something, friend. This thing's intensifying, and so I just want to stay open. I don't want to shut the doors. Uh, I don't want to preach to a blank wall. I'd rather preach to your blank faces. No, I'd rather, I'd rather preach to uh, people like you that are receptive and open honest and responsive it's just a blessing to be in church Amen. i don't know i don't know uh, if this thing's done anything to you but it sure has done a lot to me about appreciating being here and being able to preach and to be able to uh sing and shout not pout and uh and and, and encourage one another maybe it's not with a hug but with a smile or at least your presence and it's good to see some people back out of quarantine I advise y'all not to go back to school, okay? Amen. Just, just forget it. Amen. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something else out. Amen. But I uh, sure have missed you. Let's look at verse 14. The Bible says, For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Well, that's what was taught on in Sunday school. It says, By him. That's Jesus. And Jesus is better than all high priests on this earth. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. 
That's what I want to dwell on this morning. Continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. How many want to please God? Say amen. And then look at verse 17 if we get there this morning. It says, Obey them that have rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy, not with grief, for that it, pro- it, it is profitable for you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. You may be seated as I pray. Thank God for the good songs and the good special. Lord, thank you, God, for health and strength to be here this morning. We do not take it for granted. Uh, Lord, as I was thinking over the last couple of years, how some dear, dear friends that went on to be with the Lord, Brother Gary and Brother Dan Reed and Brother Gary Ledford, Brother Stennett Ballou, Brother Billy Goosby, Brother Sammy Allen. God, some great men of God that are preaching on the streets of glory now. But God, we sure miss them. But God, help us not to take our lives for granted. <clears throat> every day we have to worship you, every, every sermon we have to preach. Uh, God, every uh, day we have to sing and praise you and thank you for all your blessings. So Lord, help us to continue in the praise. God, help it not to be some holiday. <clears throat> that George Washington started. God help it to be a everyday experience of praise and thanksgiving for all that you are and all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the word consecration, and that's what these verses are about in this whole chapter, it means set apart, it's setting apart yourself for the Lord. And I want to tell you something, when you're consecrated, everything changes. And the Bible tells us in Leviticus chapter 8, 1 Peter chapter 2, and in this chapter, that you are a holy priesthood, that you are a priesthood. I believe in the priesthood of the believer. You know what that means? That means that you can come to God directly through Jesus Christ, and you don't need this preacher to get your prayers through. And you definitely don't need to get some uh, unmarried so-called priest in a booth for you to go through to get to heaven. God help us to be delivered from religion. Amen. The religion of mixing law with grace or crowning men as priests on this earth. That's ungodly. That's a heresy. And that's a slap in God's face. And it low rates the death, burial, and ascension and the ever-living of God, of Jesus on the right hand of God. And thank God, friend, we need to keep it straight. We're saved by grace, we're sustained by grace, we're strengthened by grace, and we're going to get to heaven one day by grace, not by law. Amen? And so this is what the whole book of Hebrews is about, and he's concluding this with saying, hey, listen, now that you believe right, you need to behave right. And folks, if we believe right, it will affect our behaving. It'll affect our conduct. It'll affect our priorities. Thank God for that. Folks, I'm going to tell you what, friend. We need to be Christians that are distinctively faithful and distinctly prayerful and distinctly 
praiseful. I believe we ought to be full of praise. I don't think we ought to let the church of God or the charismatics or even the contemporaries steal our praise because we think that they're going to think that we're one of them. Folks, I want to tell you something. I'd I'd rather direct a wild horse than try to resurrect a dead mule. Come on, say amen. And some churches I preached in, it is dead as a doornail because it's religious, uh, it's pharisaical, and it's just stale and it's dry. There's nothing dry about being a Christian. Amen. Amen. Nothing dry about it. You want to you go to a dry service, go to a Catholic funeral. Come on, amen, Mark. You've been there. I, I mean, not yours, but probably another one. And, and, and I'm telling you what, you can't even understand the language. It's dead as a doornail, lasts 15 uh, minutes too long, and it's just dead. It's a good place to sleep in. Some of y'all can sleep while I preach. I don't understand that, but that's okay. But I want to say this, friend. We need an eternal perspective. Here it is in verse 14. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. I want to tell you what will change your life is that you live with an eternal perspective. An eternal perspective. Go ahead, brother. We need to live with an eternal perspective. Eternity is the best prospect, and thank God it is the best motivation for your life. Heaven should not be a destination only. It ought to be a, it ought to be a motivation. If you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it ought to change your life if you believe that. Can somebody say amen? I mean, if you're going to face Jesus, I didn't say face Wayne Cofield or face some religious leader or face some um, preacher or face some relative, but if you're going to face the living God one day and give account of your priorities, of your praise, of of your uh, lifestyle, of your choices, then, folks, it ought to change your life. The second coming ought to be a life-changing doctrine in your life. And the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is very soon. And so, folks, first of all, he just says, hey, listen, we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Don't go back to religion. Don't go back to ceremony. Don't go back to the shadows. Stay with Jesus, serve Jesus, and praise Jesus. Look at Colossians chapter 4, please. Colossians chapter 4. And look at verse 1 through 4. The Bible says, excuse me, Colossians 3. I put that wrong, put that down wrong. That's the first mistake I've made this morning. Probably won't be the last. Look at 1 Corinthians, I mean, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. It says, if ye then be risen with Christ. How many is risen with Christ? Say amen. If you're saved, you're risen with Christ. You pass from death unto life. Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Folks, I want to ask you a question. What do you seek every day? I mean, you're going to seek a good job. You're going to seek some more money. You're going to seek some more fame. I want to tell you something. Your your life is determined by what you seek. I mean, what motivates you? What do you get up with on your mind? Who do you get up with on your mind? A lot of people get up with making money and themselves and what they got to do, and men are like that. We're project-oriented. I have projects every day. I make my wife nervous every day I'm home. Uh, every day I'm off, I got five projects. I'm going to get them done or, or die. And uh, this week, 
uh, it's been rough because I tried to become a mechanic. I said, I can tune this truck up, praise God. I couldn't even get a spark plug out, amen. Praise God, I'm glad we got two good mechanics in this church. Uh, they're about to get more of my business. But I want to say this, friend, it's a project. I like working. I like to accomplish something. I like to feel like I can still do something. My grandchildren think I'm old, but I'm not that old. But I want to tell you something, friend. I think with all my heart that can be a problem when you seek those things above and all you have is your, your projects on this earth when you need to see the projection of heaven. Amen. You're going to heaven. Uh, folks, listen, you're a pilgrim passing through. You ought to be an ambassador representing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I believe sometimes the church gets too grounded in the things of the world. And therefore, we praise ball players and politicians and men more than we do the living God. There's none of those ever died for you, was ever buried for you, and ever arose for you, and ever ascended for you, and lives on the right hand of God for you. Right. Folks, praise Jesus. He is worthy. And we ought to have, be at least smiling about it once in a while and thanking God. Look at verse 5, 2. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. So you ought to seek, and you ought to be settled. You ought to set your affections on things that are above. And folks, you are the one that sets your affections. Nobody else does. You, you get settled in this world if you set your affections. It says this, for you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, here it is, verse 4, Colossians 3, you with me? Who is our life? Who is our life? Who is our life? shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. And I won't go on the rest of the chapter, but the next word says mortify. That means you ought to die to self. You ought to die to your deeds of the flesh. You ought to die to this earth. You ought to die for the, to the affections and the covetousness and the idolatry, the concupiscence and all these words that we could go into. And so folks, thank God. Thank God if you're going to be a consecrated priest to intercede for others. And folks, the main duty of a priest was to offer sacrifice of praise every day of his life. Then you must have an eternal perspective. An eternal perspective. I mean, folks, listen. It shouldn't take Y2K and 2000 to shake you up about the end of the world because the world's coming to an end. And folks, I want to tell you something. Just like on that night when that one man covered all of Australia with eternity, written all over walls and sidewalks, and then in Sydney, for some reason, they put in lights, eternity. The whole world saw that one word, eternity, because everybody was looking to Australia because uh, they thought uh, they were going to be the first one to go under because all the computers were going to uh, crash at 2000. And all, some of y'all, y'all better not laugh, some of y'all bought some water and you built you a, you built you a nice bomb shelter for that night. We was in church and Brother Kevin Hall was preaching that night on uh, 2000, December 31st, 2000. We counted it down, not as doomsday's prophet, but praise God for another year to serve the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Then I want you to see, second of all, uh, you need to have a the praise in your conduct. You need to have praise that continues 
in your conduct. Look at verse 15, Hebrews chapter 12, 13. It says, by him, therefore, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, folks, it's a call to spiritual worship, a life of praising God, not a religious ceremony. These folks were going back to ceremony. They were going back to an altar. They were going back to a temple. And he said, there's a better altar called Calvary. There's a better temple called heaven. And there's a better high priest called Jesus. And, folks, he was rebuking Judaizers. He was rebuking Law plus grace is how you get it done. No, it's all by grace. And let me just say this. It's all by Jesus. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Only the glory should go to him. And so a life praising God is not a religious ceremony. It's not a designated time per year where the priest went in because he was typified. He was forecasting. He was typing what was going to take place on a hill outside the camp called Calvary. Don't ever get over Calvary. Amen. Don't ever get over the Lamb of God. The book of Revelation is full of praise to the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb. Do you believe that? Say amen. amen. He's worthy. And so there's a call to spiritual worship. And it's more than just the fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the lips. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Folks, anybody can say amen, praise God, glory to God. Some of the biggest shouters are the biggest powders during the week. Amen. And some of the biggest pew jumpers are the big, laziest soul winners I've ever seen in my life. And Folks, listen, I'm going to tell you, I believe in camp meetings, and I believe in meeting with God, and I believe that we ought to meet with God, but I don't believe it ought to end there. I believe we ought to put feet on our praise. And feed on our prayer. We ought to go after the lost and go after the uh, Bradens and, and help them and minister on the streets and, and soul win and praise God door to door as much as we do in pew to pew. Amen. See, good soul win is just praising God and giving a testimony that Jesus has changed your life. Amen. Come on. We knock on doors for politics. We, and I, I agree with all that stuff. Amen. If it's the right, if it's biblical. Uh, conviction that you're knocking on the doors for. We knock on doors for uh, salesmanship. Um, my grandson, Chase, has an unusual job. He goes door to door looking for roof jobs. And, and it's not just roof jobs, it's insurance jobs. In other words, he sells insurance to people that had roof damage. It seems a little late, don't it? But anyway, uh, I'll talk to him about that. But it's a good job. He makes a lot of money. And I said, well, listen, just find a place where a hurricane or tornadoes went through or a storm, just start knocking on doors. He said, Bob, i got to stay in Georgia. I said, well, there's some places where they ride. They tear up houses, tear up roofs, get them, knock on doors. But, folks, that's probably important. And he's trying to make a living. He's trying to work his way through college, work his way to the mission field. But I want to tell you something, friend. There's nothing like going door to door and witnessing and praising God for what he's done in your life. Hey, friend, listen, building a bus route, building a Sunday school class. Y'all remember what that is, teachers? 
Y'all hadn't talked in 11 months, 10 months. This is something in it. Praise God, I never thought it'd last this long. And so, folks, there's forgiveness is a fruit of the Spirit. But, excuse me, praise is a fruit of the Spirit. But I want to tell you something else that praise is. It's total forgiveness. Total forgiveness. Folks, it says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. In chapter 12, it deals with bitterness. And folks, I want to tell you something. He mentions three times spiritual leaders for a reason. They were getting mad at their spiritual leaders because things were not going good and they were going into prison. They were being persecuted. If you ever lived in persecution, you'd appreciate freedom. Amen. If you ever been in jail, you, you enjoy just be able to be outside and drive a car. Amen. And, 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 uh, and smell the roses and cut the grass. And be with the family. And folks, we take that for granted. But folks, these folks were under great persecution and they had to, they had to, they had to forgive their persecutors or they couldn't praise God. And so folks, listen, it's good to, uh, it's, it's good to do good to those that hurt you, that are hateful to you, that resent you. And so it was a very challenging time to praise God. Uh, it's easy to praise God when everything's going good, amen? It's easy to praise God when the car cranks, say amen. It's easy to praise God when you go fishing and you catch something. It's easy to praise God when you eat like you ate. God help you. We need to preach on gluttony, don't we? We're not, because I was right there with you. And it's wonderful to have good chicken and dressing. It's wonderful. A little cranberry sauce sliced into it. It's wonderful to have 17 desserts on a, on a table. But I want to tell you something, friend. It's, it's, it's another thing to praise God when everything goes wrong, when you're under persecution, when you're under terrency, and you're under socialism like in Venezuela. I'll read a part of the letter from one of our missionaries in just a minute. Folks, there's investment of time. It says, do good. And communicate, forget not, for that such sacrifice as God is well pleased. That's a continuing thought from verse 15. It's not just the fruit of your lips. It's your life. You ought to praise God with your life. You ought to praise God with your priorities. You ought to praise God with what makes you thankful. What tilts your wheel. What cranks your engine. What gets you excited. What motivates you? Hey, what gives you enthusiasm? In theos means in God. What are you enthusiastic about? Think about the investment of time David must have put in. Number one, to getting right with God after murder and adultery, or adultery and murder, and then being full of pride and numbering the people and causing 70,000 people to die of a plague. What kind of time must have went into uh, him getting right with God, but then what kind of time must have been invested in getting the Psalms just right? You say, oh, the Holy Spirit just let it flow. Folks, I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit can let it flow, but we misspell. The Holy Spirit le lets it flow, and then, but sometimes we don't get it all from the flow of the Holy Spirit. We have to rewrite it. And it, Folks, praise should be a well-thought-out activity of the day. There will be a designated time of prayer and worship which is the house of God. But folks, there ought to be hours spent in God's presence. Hours spent in God's presence 
with wholehearted, uplifting awe and worship to God. How many times do you worship God riding down the road? When you see the beauties of, of our great area of our, of our country called North Georgia Mountains. What a place to live. Amen. Praise the Lord. Even these people from Florida are moving up here. Amen. That's good. Not just raising your voice. Not just going to church. And I'm all for it. You know I am. I live in this place. I love it. That's why I'm so excited when it looks good. But folks, this ain't the church. You're the church. I'm excited when you look good. That means you're looking at me, say amen. You're praising God. And you're giving God the glory and credit for every breath in your body. And every day that you're saved by the grace of God, which is every day that you get to heaven. But folks, listen. At home, at work, at play, there ought to be a continual sacrifice of praise. Worship's not cheap. When they were building the temple, David said, I will not give anything that doesn't cost me. I want to give my best. And I want to give a lot. And I want to, I want to be used of God. And so, folks, there's a, there's a worship of investment of time. And then there's spiritual works, which I've already touched on a little bit. But, folks, the Bible says that we ought to set our, we ought to be like a city set up on a hilltop. And we ought to glorify God. How? By our works. Matthew 5, 16. We ought to be a city set up on a hilltop. And by our works, man will see the glory of God. And folks, there's too many blinking lights going on around here. There's too many people off and on. There's too many people that are hiding their testimony under a bushel. And they say, well, I would testify, but I'm afraid I'll mess up. Well, go ahead and mess up. God will bless your mess up more than he will your secret agency for Jesus. Never praising God. Never smiling. Never going out witnessing. Never handing out a tract. Folks, I want to tell you something. We ought to be so full of God's blessings that it overflows to a lost and dying world. It's a sacrifice of money. It's a sacrifice of time. It's a sacrifice of ability poured out to God. Why do you think God blessed you with such a pretty face? Why do you think God blessed you with such a good voice? Well, I sure miss the orchestra up here, Brother Lee. I miss it. I miss the choir. I'm not trying to push anything, but I'm just saying, man, you got a talent and a voice. You ought to use it for God. What other thing are you going to use it for God? The birds chirp for Jesus. Why can't we sing for Jesus? Why can't we make melody in our heart? Some of you, I look at you during the song service and you look like you're bored silly. You look like you're attending a Catholic funeral. You look like you're in a place where you don't even understand the language. Folks, you ought to get your song book out or look on the wall and praise Jesus every time there's a song. Amen. You ought to thank God for the day we're going to sing all four verses again. Amen. Less preaching and more singing. That's what y'all want. No. God is well pleased. It says He's well pleased. He says, but to the good and the, and the communicate, forget not for such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Folks, we are created to please God. Amen. Not our little old self or our wife. God help you men. 
you live just to please your wife, you'll never accomplish it. Come on, say amen right there. Some of you men ain't got enough guts to say amen right there. We ought, to th- we ought to live to please God, and when you please God, even your enemies are pleased with you. They respect you. We have a wrong priority. We have a wrong focus. We have a wrong praise. But folks, I want to tell you something, and I'll deal with this tonight. I think, I think praise, I'll close with this, should be wholehearted. Now, I'm not trying to get you to shout, because some of you wouldn't shout, if Jesus showed up this morning, you wouldn't shout. I probably wouldn't either. I'd probably get on one of these pews. I'm not a shouter. I am not going to apologize for it. I just don't shout. Uh, except that the dog, when he wakes me up at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'll shout then. I'll threaten him in the name of Jesus. You better go to sleep, dog, because this is your last chance. I feed you. I expect, I expect a little reverence. At 2 o'clock in the morning, amen? But I want to say this, I want to say it very wholeheartedly. You ought to be like David. God's forgiven you. God didn't give you what you deserve. Go to our text that we had Tuesday night. I'm not going to tell you where we was at, you ought to remember. No, Psalms 103. Psalms 103. Look at it now. I want you to look at the first two words, or the first two verses. It says, bless the Lord. Everybody comes to church, get a blessing. That shouldn't be the reason you ought to come. You ought to come to bless the Lord. You ought to come to worship the living God, your Savior. Say amen. No other motive should supersede. A lot of people come wanting a blessing. Well, good. Get a blessing from the Word of God and the singing and the testimonies and all this goes on. But I want to tell you something. You ought to come for one reason. Bless His holy name. Why? Oh, my soul ought to be from within. And all that's within me, bless His holy name. Now, folks, if if that don't strike your fancy, something's wrong, because I'm going to tell you something. Our worship ought to be energetic. I'm not saying you jump a pew. I'm not saying you amen. Some of you wouldn't amen if I preach the best message in the world, and I'm not looking for your amens, but I believe you ought to amen God every time you walk in this place. And I believe you ought to amen the truth, whether it's vocally, but mostly volitionally, but I believe you ought to amen and bless God's name for what He's done in your life. Because look at verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. And here it is, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. Now folks, I could go on this healing all thy diseases. It's only by the grace of God you're here this morning. It's only the grace of God you're alive this morning. Especially the way some of you drive. just want to throw that in because everybody kids me about my driving. But I'll say this. The greatest blessing of all is God's forgiven you. And if He hadn't forgiven you, you'd be, you'd be on the road, you'd be on the highway to hell, ACDC. You'd be on the highway of hell. You'd be trucking towards hell and you'd be trying to get all the gusto you can sip in this world, but there's dregs at the bottom of the cup 
and there's nothing in it. And you'd be searching and seeking for things below under the sun, Brother Jason, as you taught us. Under the sun. Just what we can get now. This earth, what I need, what I want. And you'd be most miserable and you'd make everybody else miserable. And when it comes down to your funeral, all they can say is that you were a good man to yourself. When I want somebody to say at my funeral, he made much of a good God. And he died to self as much as he could. Folks, listen to me. It ought to be wholehearted. All that is within me. I'm not a monotone preacher. I don't get up here and read my message. I don't go through the form because I wanted to come from the heart. Yes, I have an outline, and you better thank God for the outline or you'd be here all day. <laughs> you talk about dinner on the ground, you wouldn't even know what dinner was. It'd be supper if I didn't have an outline. Then we ought to thankfully, and this will get you, pay our vows. Turn to Psalms 50. Psalms 50. I meant to get into all this. I heard preach so well, I didn't mean to get into all this. I mean to get into all this. Psalms chapter 50. Look at it real quick. See, Thanksgiving didn't end Thursday for the Christian. It begins every Thursday and goes to the next Thursday. In Psalms chapter 50, here's where, it, here's where the rubber meets the road. And I want you to look at verse um, 14, please. Verse 14, I should have had it marked. It says, offering to God thanksgiving. Hey, man, praise God. Get off from work, eat all the turkey I can. Knowing it says, and pay the vows unto the Most High. And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I'll deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Folks, the Bible says you ought to pay your vows. It means you ought to keep your promise. The last time I checked, when a person becomes a Christian, he vows to be Christ-like. When a person gets saved, he vows to give his life to God. That's exactly what he did. He gave his life for you. You give your, your life for him. You're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live. And you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. It's called total identity. It's called total surrender. Some people uh, misinterpret the song, Take my life and let it be. And the guy was sitting back there singing, Take my wife and let me be. <laughs> That's exactly the way a lot of people act. Well, let her serve God. I will stay at home. God help you. Won't you be a man of God? Won't you be a spiritual leader? Won't you be worthy of exampleship? Walk the walk and not just talk the talk. But praise God. I want to tell you something. There's nothing more attractive than a person that's full of the praise of God. Daddies, you ought to praise God for your children. You ought to praise God for your home. This thing about my home, we got it all back together after the grandkids left. And it was so neat. I told my wife this morning, I said, this place sure is neat. I wasn't talking about being everything in place. I'm just talking about roof over my head, running water. While I was doing mechanic work, uh, Friday that I'm giving up, my pop-off valve on my, on my hot water heater started leaking. And I said, what am I going to do about that? So the only thing I needed to do was get a bunch of cups and put them next to the thing and let it catch the drips and drops. 
put my finger in the pop-off valve, thought that might do something. And it's still just dripping. But praise God, I'm glad I got hot water. Grandkids stopped by in Kentucky last night and they said, let's all take a bath. I said, oh my word, this is going to be rough. Because they wanted to get them in bed time they got back, so they all stopped at our house to take a bath. And then yesterday, some other grandchildren were leaving, said, y'all get a shower and bath before we leave. I thought, my word, don't they have one at their old house? <laughs> I thought, praise God, there's something good about this, but they don't even know that half the water is under the slab. But I thank God for running water. I thank God for hot water. I've been in third world country where they didn't have much hot water. I thank God for all His blessings. The Bible says if you're really thankful, then keep your vows. Be faithful. Marquina family, missionaries Caracas, Venezuela. New, here's a letter, and I thank God Miss Trudy it always puts all these out in that book so you can read them. It says this, the situation is getting complicated. Now, I would have described it more than complicated. It's pathetic. Socialism will kill a country. That's why I'm dead set against it. You ought to work for a living. Say amen. Y'all not be entitled. Praise God. Come on. You think the government owes you everything. Why don't you just go to work if you can? If you can't work, praise God, all our taxes will help you. But look at this. It says the situation in Venezuela continues to get worse. Um, basic services such as water, electricity, phone, and internet are very bad. This is a message from our missionaries. He says, to give you an example, there are places in Caracas, the capital, that only have water once a week. And in other sectors, can't wait a, mo can't wait a month for the service. Can wait a month for the service. One month before they have running water. The power goes out constantly. The phone service is not good. At times, people cannot listen to the preaching due to the Poor internet signals. Bet they got cell phones though. It says, apart from all this, there is an extreme lack of fuel. And just to be able to be fill up your tank, you have to wait an entire day in line. Now, how many would like to do that up at Kroger? Say amen. I'd start walking before I'd wait a day in line. Oh, I probably wouldn't. He said, these circumstances cause by quarantine, undoubtedly affected besides the increase of cost of living. The prices are increasing to be more aligned with the dollar. The minimum wage is $1 per hour. Let me go on now. This part of the message, we to pray for our missionaries. We ought to be thankful for what we got. Look at this. We continue preaching and teaching the word of the Lord, and we continue to put our trust in Him knowing that our faith is being tried in these moments. Hallelujah for a missionary that's not looking for Hawaii for a mission field. And then it says, 1 Peter 1, 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish, it would be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory at His appearing of the appearing of Jesus Christ. And then He goes on and prays that they can get more services online and on the internet so people can get saved in Venezuela.
That missionary came out of Peru, trained in Peru as a little Peruvian in Hunter, the Hunter Baptist Church where I first attended when I went down to Peru and went to the Macedonia uh, Bible College that awarded me a doctor's degree some years ago. I don't know why. I'm not even close to a nurse, much less a doctor. But thank God, friend, here's a missionary that is paying his vows. He said he was going. He said he's going to win souls. He said he's going to preach. He said he's going to reach. He said he's going to testify. He said he's going to uh, praise God. And that's exactly what he's doing. God help us not to take for granted and be thankful. Pay our vow. I'll close right here, but Thanksgiving is a sign, is a, is a, is a pure authentication that you're filled with the Spirit. You're filled with the Spirit. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We'll continue this tonight if you'll come back. If you don't come back, I'll continue it anyway. But look at verse 18. And be not drunk with wine where in excess. One-tenth drunk is drunk. You should abstain from even the appearance of it. And the Bible says you shouldn't even look on it when it turneth red or is fermented. It's a sin to drink. Amen, come on. You say, you don't have any right to preach that. Hey, I lived as a son of a drunk for many years. Don't you tell me how to preach. It'll take the food off your, off your plate. It'll take the sanity out of your home. It'll take the peace right out of the, uh, out of the hearts. And it'll take even the prospect of a good future from a child. Strong drink. It's wicked. It's wicked. He said, I ain't coming back to this church. I ain't running for office. I'm preaching the Bible. But if you're filled with the Spirit of God, guess what happens? It says, and it says, and be filled with the Spirit. You know what filled means? Controlled. How many of you ever been filled with anger? Raise your hand. And you did something rather unwise, like put your hand through a door or slap somebody you shouldn't. Or kick a dog, and then your wife kicks you. Anger will make you do some crazy things. Say amen. But filled with anger, filled with jealousy, filled with greed, it'll drive you to do things you shouldn't do, just like liquor. But look at this. It says, filled with the Spirit, and it says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Folks, the most neglected ministry in this church is the ministry to the Lord. You ought to sing, not to be heard, but you should sing that God would hear it. You ought to pray, not to be heard, but you ought to pray that God would hear it. You ought to preach, not to be preaching just to people, but preach unto Him. And I had to do that a lot when there was nobody here. And it helped me get through the pandemic. And I want to say this. Being filled with the Spirit of God gives you harmony with God. I mean, you're in union with your Creator, but folks, you're, you're in sync, with you're in harmony. You know, if we're going to uh, tune this piano, we don't do it to this organ. I mean, that'd be crazy to tune this to another piano. Folks, there's a tuning fork. 
There's a machine this guy brings in, and he gets it right in tune, and then everything else lines up with that. And folks, we don't need to get in tune with the world. We don't get in tune with the contemporary movement. We need to get in tune with God. And the only way to get in tune with God is praise his holy name in the spirit. Live his his holy name in the spirit. And then look at verse 20. I'll close. It says, giving thanks always for all things. Is that not difficult or impossible? How do you thank God when your mama goes home? How do you thank God when a child dies? How do you thank God when you lose everything financially you got? Well, the Bible says if you're in the Spirit, you can give thanks always for all things unto God. There's that direction. And the Father. Why? In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, thanksgiving is an evidence that you're filled with the Spirit of God, but thanksgiving glorifies God. Go back to our verse, Hebrews 13. But it says, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. I want you to all say the next word with me. Just to know that you hadn't went to sleep yet. What's the next word, class? Continue. If the Marquina family can continue in praise, who are we in Georgia, which I'm praying for our state to stay conservative, fundamental, independent Baptist, which it's not, but I'm I'm praying for religious freedom in our state, and I'm praying for standards of protecting the life of unborn children. Amen? Pushing adoption and religious freedom and worshiping anytime we want to or should. I'm praying for that. Folks, I want to tell you something. We're in Georgia. He's in Venezuela. God help us. God help us. We're in the time where we're probably just, our feelings get hurt when we represent Christ. They were living in a time where their life was getting hurt for living for Christ. And Paul said, hey, don't go back. Let us continue by him. Therefore, let us offer thanksgiving, praise, adoration, continually, not just with your lips and not just at a designated time in the temple. But do good. Communicate. Forget not. For such sacrifices. Sacrifice denotes action. Sacrifice denotes priority. Sacrifice denotes discipline. God is well pleased. Father, we want to please you tonight, today, and every day. Lord, I hope this message was taken in the spirit that I wanted to be portrayed. That's directly from the Word of God. Led by the Spirit of God and empowered by the Spirit of God. God, I don't take this preaching for lightly. I don't take it lightly. 
I've been over 8,000 messages in this place a whole lot of years. And I don't take it lightly today. I pray I never take it lightly. And Lord, I don't take the attention of these people lightly. Lord, I do not take for, li- for granted your admonition not to just hear preaching and not just to praise God in the temple or the tabernacle or the church building, but to continually praise God with our life. God, may you be glorified through our yielded life this week and every week of our life. God, be, please be with the McKenna family. God, be with all our missionaries that are suffering on the front lines of Christianity and the gospel presentations. And God, help them. Help them, dear God, to stay faithful. Be with Julio and his family. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd help us to be faithful to pray for them and to back them up and to help them and support them as an act of thanksgiving. God, thank you for the thanks, but thank you for the admonition of giving. May God, we do both because we're blessed to be a blessing. With every head bowed, every eye closed, let me say preacher this morning, I want to continually offer thanksgiving. I want to continually offer the sacrifice of praise in my life. Because I tell you what, lately, I've seen a lot of reasons to gripe, complain, pout, panic, and give up. But I don't want to be like that. I want to praise God anyhow. And that's your prayer this morning. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else say, Preacher, I needed the message this morning. And I'm not getting a show of hands, so I'll preach tonight. I'll preach tonight no matter what, if God lets me. But you'd say, Preacher, I just need to go on faithful. And I need to serve the living God because He's been so good to me. Remember where God found you. Remember where you were before God saved you. And that'll be all the motivation you need to go on and praise God and be faithful. You say, Preacher, that's my prayer this morning. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? Anybody else? i got to raise mine. Is there anybody here say, Preacher, I'm not saved? That means you don't have the Spirit of God in your life. You don't have heaven as your home. And, the, and I want to tell you something. The best prospect you got is that you'll get something out of this life because the next life's going to be horrendous. It's going to be horrible. And you'd say, Preacher, I'm not even saved, but I'd like to be. And I want you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer and then back down? I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. Now, Christian, I want you to remember the day you got saved. You remember it. Please, please don't get over it. Father, thank you for the message. Thank you for Hebrews 13. It's sure been a blessing in my heart. It's been an exhortation, but it's also been a very big challenge for me to praise God always, continually, with a sacrifice of praise. Doing good. And Lord, being thankful. So, Lord, help us. In Jesus' name we pray.